Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed, Play, Love. For those of you who are joining us via the Facebook Live, apologies that we're a wee bit late today. Uh, We had a few technical issues that have now been sorted out. Today, we are joined by the lovely Mothercraft nurse, Leonie Clements. Leonie has had a stack of experience helping guide parents and carers through those um, sometimes uncharted waters. Actually, they're always uncharted waters, aren't they, Leonie? They certainly are. No child is ever the same. No, definitely not. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. That's okay. uh, If you are watching us live via Facebook, you can pop your questions below in the comments. If you're listening, to us via the um, podcast you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au but let's get stuck into the questions our first question comes from Sarah Leone she is uh, she emailed us and she starts by saying hi parenting wizards I think she means you Um, (laughs) I'm back with an oh sorry I just lost my headphones I'm back with another question after having my sleep questions after having my sleep questions answered very helpfully many times, my 12-month-old has transitioned to solids well and is still breastfeeding. She has naturally dropped the amount she's taking, but I want to know where to go from here with weaning her. I'm not in a rush and happy to do it for a little longer, but want to have a plan to slowly phase it out. She currently has three solid meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Most of the time she eats well at these meals with occasional off days. She then takes three milk feeds during the day after the meals, just before her sleeps, 100 mil before each of her morning and afternoon nap and 100 to 150 mil at night. I know the amounts as I occasionally express. I'm glad she mentioned that. I'm like, how do you know? (laughs) She also usually takes a short feed at around 3 or 4 a.m. and goes straight back down. So I have never pushed her to drop this. Every few weeks, she'll have a short stretch of sleeping through and skipping this feed. My question is just how best to move forward with dropping these feeds and do I need to offer other milk in place of it or it just disappears from her day entirely and she'll eat more at meals? She had no cow's milk for nine months, but we've slowly reintroduced it. Although I don't particularly want her to have cow's milk before each sleep, as it can be a bit much for her tummy. Bedtime is around 7 and wake up is 6.30 a.m. Wow, sounds like a beautiful little bub and I'm sure she's growing really, really well. Um, To the answer to the question about do babies need supplementing milk after 12 months? No, they don't. If they're, having, if they're well established on a solid food diet, then they're getting all their nutrients from their food. So they don't need to have any complementary artificial milks. Breast milk is still recommended by the WHO organisation up until two years with additional solid food diet. Um, so it's the breast milk is promoting all those antibodies that they require to fight any illnesses and continue grow and brain development. So no, you don't need to introduce any other milks. Um, What I would suggest if you're wanting to stop breastfeeding, you do it slowly. Slowly weaning is better. It's healthier for yourself and for the child as well. So it's gradually changing the process of what's happening. And to do that, in order to do that, and perfect that you're offering the breast milk after feeds, that's wonderful. Best way to do it, though, is to look at what feed baby's really not interested in in the day and drop that one. And that will just be a slow process. So it might be replaced with a cuddle instead of a breastfeed. 
um, and then you know slowly move on to the next feed as you can in the day. Um, it's not unusual for little ones at that age to still wake up at night and want some comfort and want to feed. That's very, very normal behaviour. So you're doing really well, Mama. So keep up the great work. Excellent. The next question comes from Ida in our emails. She says, I need help with my four-week-old baby girl. She's breastfed but also needs some formula top-ups due to my supply issue. If I feed her for 15 minutes, I can manage to express 20 mils from each breast, but she always falls asleep on the breast and does not suck hard, so I feel she can't extract much. I give her 50 to 60 mil top-ups and that satisfies her. Sometimes she wants more. She feeds every two hours and on some rare occasions every two and a half to three hours. Mostly at night, she wakes every two hours. During the day, she wakes around six, feeds, and generally it's generally very hard to get her down to sleep. Then she feeds at 8.30 a.m. and I take her out in the pram and sometimes she manages to sleep for a maximum of an hour. Next feed around 12 and she sleeps for an hour after. She generally wakes around 2.30 and here comes the witching hour. Generally cluster feeds and cat naps till 6, 6.30. Then I bathe her, offer her milk and try to put her to sleep. Again, she struggles to sleep despite no proper sleep since 2.30 p.m. Then she wakes around 10 for her last feed. I feed her 15 to 20 minutes on one side, change nappy and then offer the other side. Then I hold her for 15 minutes and put her down. Sometimes I need to pick her up and resettle as she cries. At night, she wakes every two hours, same feeding routine, which takes overall about one hour until she falls asleep. Then I can only sleep for less than an hour before she wakes again. I don't have help because my husband's back at work and I find myself quite sleep deprived. No kidding. And probably this is affecting my milk supply. Is there anything I can do to help? Is there anything I'm doing wrong? Can I use the dummy to settle her in the afternoon? She absolutely hates carrier and wrapping, hates the baby carrier and wrapping. We wrapped her for the first couple of weeks, but she moves so much, she moves so much to release her arms and wakes herself up. Please tell me when things start getting better. Oh, oh, it's a tough journey, those first few, mm. probably first few couple of months, really. Mm. Um, you know, there's a few things that I picked up in that what that mum was saying was I'm wondering because the baby doesn't like to be wrapped I'm wondering if there's some sort of tightness in baby's body going on so I don't know the de delivery or the mode of delivery and if there was any intervention but that can play a big part on how baby settles and if there's some tension around the neck or body from delivery then seeing a body worker um, one that specializes in working with pediatrics around you know, chiropractic, physio, osteopath, cranial sacral therapist, a couple of sessions can really help that if the baby has really, you know, gone through a bit of um, difficulty with with labour or cesarean or whatever that may may be. So that may help baby in to relax. With dealing with um, milk supply, I really feel that you should probably get in touch with an IBCLC, which is an international board certified lactation consultant. And we do have them on, on babyology as parent experts as well, where you can reach out there. Um, you know, milk supply is establishing in the first six weeks. We know that. But if you're already having to top up baby quite a lot, then I would suggest you work with somebody that can help manage the symptoms of what's going on to increase that milk supply and that can be something very simple as 
a further a closer attachment but it would take an expert in breastfeeding to be able to assess that personally to do that you're um, doing so really well mama it's not unusual for babies to wait too hourly to feed um, but if the tummy is upset we need to look at why and what's happening there so my best suggestion would be that you look at maybe possibly getting some body work for baby and you possibly need it yourself as well because I'm sure you're carrying a lot of tension and then reaching out to an IBCLC to really get that feeding going on par for you because if you're feeding and expressing that's double the amount of work that you're having mm -hmm. to do and so we want to build that supply so you don't need to express so that baby is transferring effectively. Um, Leonie, when she says that um, she's super tired, obviously, because she's getting mm. up every two hours, can that kind of sleep deprivation affect your milk supply? Look, it, it can. Um, so best way to, if you're not getting adequate rest, and, you know, we need a village to support these new young, uh, new mums that have got a new baby. Um, so you know, ideally, we would want the mum to be looked after as well as the baby so she can look after the baby. So getting people around her to do other household chores, providing meals at this really delicate time with her and her baby, so she can get the adequate rest she needs. So when baby's resting during the day, um, that would be helpful. Mum might also be up, tried to feed baby lying down. So that doesn't take as much energy as well as having to get up to feed baby. Yeah, good luck. It is tough when they're so small. Certainly isn't it? is. Our next question comes from Kalinda. She says, how do you help with bad dreams? My four-year-old has been waking regularly at night the past few months with nightmares. She can't really explain what happens to frighten her in her dreams, but she wakes crying and distraught. Sometimes she says, I don't want mummy and daddy to go away as she clings to us after them. So I think it might be dreams about us dying or leaving her somehow. We always reassure her mummy and daddy will always be here with her, but it can take a while for her to settle back down enough to sleep. Once she goes back to sleep, she doesn't tend to wake again and she doesn't seem to remember the dreams the next day when I mention them. She ends up in our bed two or three nights a week due to these dreams and it's really disrupt disrupting her sleep as well as ours. My main concern is finding a way to stop the dreams or help her to cope with them with less distress for her. Mm. It's horrible to hear her crying like her heart is breaking. Is this normal for this age? Is there anything we can do? And are these actually night terrors? Any advice is gratefully received. Yeah, it sounds like there could be night terrors that's going on there. Um, and that should really be diagnosed by a GP or a psychologist or somebody like that. But what mum might find helpful is if they're happening at the same time every night to just to half an hour beforehand, go in and just interrupt that sleep with the child. So it might be you know, gently patting the child, giving them a kiss, rubbing them. If they're ones that um, wake up frequently to go to the toilet, then, you know, that might be the toilet time of night. And what happens then when you're just disrupting them is you're disrupting that sleep pattern because they sleep in cycles. So you're disrupting them from going into that sleep where they're going to have that night terror occur. When night terrors occur, um, you, it's very difficult to console the child and it, it's very distraught you know it's the parents find it very distraught watching it but the child is unaware of what's going on around them so it's best to let them be while that's going on just making sure that their environment's safe 
that they can't hurt themselves and they will calm down and it usually takes about half an hour that they will settle back down and generally go back off to sleep and it might mean they just want some comfort and reassurance with them until they drift back off and so you know bringing them into your bed is fine if that's if you're okay with that or just sitting with them in their room but I would generally say if it's happening frequently and they're not remembering the next day then it's more than likely a night terror um, and best not to also go into it with the child if they don't remember because that's just you know, hashing it up and it's something if they haven't remembered it and you're bringing it back into their thoughts again or, uh, you know, you're bringing it to their forefront of their thoughts, then they're going to be thinking about that and why can't I remember and why I'm dreaming that. So it's best just to not really go into it with them. But if it is continually happening, then it might be worth seeking some professional advice around that and by, with a psychologist, I would say. Uh, this email comes from Noor on our Facebook Live. They say, hello, my baby is 10 months. She just recently this week started crying when we put her to sleep, mostly at night. She re rarely fusses when we put her down for her nap. Is this a nine-month-old sleep regression? What is the best way? What is the best thing to do? We do a bath, bottle, bottle brush, teeth story, sleep, snack, sack, then sleep sack, sorry. <laughs> bath, bottle, brush teeth story sleep sack and then we put her down i don't think we can handle to do the extinction method that sounds harsh thanks hmm. what's the extinction method i know not heard of that one i think that might be controlled crying okay yeah gosh they should have another name for it shouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, it <doesn't laughs> well control cry it all it? sounds cried out that's what it is but either way does not sound fun <laughs> no no, yeah, I would say it's probably um, stranger awareness stage that happens, you know, can start happening from seven months and can really go into up to the 11 month mark. Um, and so especially it's that separation anxiety that mum's already identified. So it might be helpful to stay with the baby and by sitting by the cot, by either placing a hand on them to, to reassure them that they're there and just slowly withdraw away from them from the room and while sitting there it's not in, not engaging with baby so if baby's okay to lay down and just be there you being there with them not looking at them not interacting with them but just having that personal body experience being next to them might be just enough comfort that baby needs to get through this phase mm -hmm. do they if we if Noor was to do that does it mean that they're developing habits for the baby because they're nine months now if they stay with them through this period is it going to be harder to leave once they're not so oh look it, it certainly can but mum needs to meet and dad needs to meet that baby where their needs are at at this time mm. and so you know it's obviously distressing to leave the baby and mum has certainly voiced that she doesn't want to cry it out which is wonderful so I think you need to meet baby where baby's at now and then as things progress, if it's becoming a bit more of a challenge, then then we need to move on and then deal with that then. But I think if if you're slowly withdrawing from the child as they've settled and, and then if they're crying again, you're going straight back to them, then you're meeting their needs where they are now. Mm, babies need to know that, don't they? They, they do. cry for they a do. reason. Yeah, definitely. 
Uh, we've got a question from Amy. She says, my eight-week-old does not sleep during the day for any more than 20 minutes at a time. Sometimes it's only tiny 10-minute naps. It's proving really difficult on days when I have my toddler at home to ensure the baby gets enough sleep because I have to commit to up to an hour sitting in her dark room to get her down and resettling her when she wakes after 10 to 20 minutes. It's tough leaving the toddler alone that whole time. My baby girl is basically exhausted all day long. And as soon as I pick her up, she starts to nod off, but then cries as soon as I try to put her to bed. She breastfeeds three hourly through the day and generally just needs one feed through the night, occasionally two. Her night sleep is fine. It's just these micro naps she's taking every day. What can I do? Congratulations on new baby. Tough being having a toddler as well. It's a really difficult, challenging time. What I think is possibly happening with um, the eight-week-old is that she's possibly hungry. So if she's sleeping long spurts through the night, babies are meant to wake frequently overnight to feed. If she's um, sleeping long spurts through the night, then she's going to have to make it up during the day and she'll want to feed. And so if she's more hungry during the day, she's not going to settle as more often. So I would be more inclined to offer feeding baby a little bit more frequently through the night even and you know if she's um going for I wouldn't let her go for a stint of any longer than five or six hours at that age it's quite a long stretch for a baby and you've got to remember that they're going to have to make it up overnight we expect babies at that age to feed 10 plus times a day mm. suggestion on how to manage during the day is maybe look at baby wearing putting baby upright because it sounds as though she really enjoys being in mummy's arms and they do at that age they need that security you know they've been inside for nine months now they're expected to cope in the outside world so looking at a baby sling carrier and having her in that and we'll give her mum arms free to care for the toddler it is tough isn't it I remember thinking uh that it was it was challenging with one and of course it is but then yeah. when the second comes along and you've got a toddler it's it's a whole new level of uh juggling and trying to it certainly is make it work all right it's just a phase you'll get That's through it it's just a phase a hundred percent yeah our next question comes from shelly she says hi ladies do you have any advice to help with my five and a half year old's shyness my boy is a sweet-natured, funny little fellow with a great sense of humour, but he's so shy around new, new people that he goes inside his shell and struggles to speak up or go and play with the other kids at school. He's always been this way. My husband and I have always had to help him go up to other kids at the park or daycare and start a conversational game. He was even shy with his own cousins until he got used to them at our family gatherings and that kind of thing. Now he's in kindy at big school. It seems even more pronounced. His teacher is aware of his shy nature and is doing all she can to match him with a playmate at recess or lunchtime and encourage him to speak up in class. He can get quite upset and overwhelmed by this attention though and retreats even further. I just feel like we're going backwards here and it breaks my heart to know that he hasn't connected with any of his classmates enough to find a playmate in the playground. Is there anything we can do to help him come out of his shell? Oh, um, look, some five-year-olds are like that. Um, and it, it tends to be when they get that little bit more confidence around seven that, that starts they start to come out of their shell. You know, sometimes they just don't want people to look at them. They just don't want that attention. But I can certainly understand how the parents are feeling about, you know, not having any playmates or things. Um, 
really that's I think school's more responsibility than our responsibility um, you know they're at school for the majority of their time and so schools aware of it and making connections and I think you know maybe mum and dad can encourage an outdoor and uh, not an outdoor but an activity where this little fellow can socialize but still have support of mum and dad with them so whether that's um you know a team sport or you know just a one-on-one um another sporting competition so like you know I don't know dancing or singing or something like that um but some some little ones that's just in their character but they do tend to as they feel a bit more confident and their maturity grows they do tend to come out of it a little bit more I would be um maybe inclined to also make sure he's having he has had um health checks and that ears aren't blocked because if they're not hearing well Ah, then that can be point. a challenge for them. So, yeah. um, you know, maybe getting some ears looked at if they haven't in the past. Hmm. Our next question comes from Jenna. They say, my little man is turning three in six weeks and it's really testing our patients. He's been waking anywhere from 4.30 to 5 a.m. every morning and refusing to go back to sleep. In fact, he yells and bangs on the baby gate and has just started to try and climb over it. He goes to sleep around 7 p.m. if he hasn't napped and 8 p.m. if he has. We only let him nap for one hour, waking him up before 2.30 p.m. The sleep training clock worked for a while, but he totally ignores it now. His room is dark, although the corridor to the room is very light when the sun is up and it's been especially hard during the summer months. We've tried to ask him to stay in his room and just read books if he can't go back to sleep, but he just kicks up a fuss until we get up. He's generally okay, even if he gets up this early, but I'm not. (laughs) Is there anything we can do to get him sleeping longer in the mornings or at least staying quiet in his room for an hour or so? Yeah, three and a half year olds, they're very trying. Um, And they do, they often don't need to sleep every day, but they certainly need some downtime every day and maybe bringing that downtime earlier bring it earlier in the day instead of from 1 30 maybe would bring it from 12 30 or even 12 and giving him that downtime especially when he's waking so early in the morning that's a big gap from you know 5 30 or 6 30 whatever he's waking to to 1 30 um so bringing that downtime rest time in the day earlier bringing it forward so having an earlier lunch around 11 11 30 and then a rest time for an hour and just, you know, set a clock for an hour. So he knows that, you know, he's three and a half. He knows the sound of an alarm. When the alarm goes off, you can get off your bed. He can certainly have some books or puzzles or a quiet activity on his bed, but he's got to stay in his bed for the hour because mum and dad will definitely need that downtime as well. Mm-hmm. In regards to the night, I think eight o'clock is far too late for a three and a half year old. Um, seven o'clock is great or even earlier he's also at an age where you can introduce some um reward charts you know he can or a routine so he he knows that he can understand those things now so you can show him on a reward chart or a routine chart on what's expected of him and giving him lots of praise for doing that so and look for praise during the day at every little opportunity so when he's going to stay in his room or stay in his bed you know he's going to get that praise then as well so they love praise anything that they're doing they love praise so love sit love watching you sitting 
eating your lunch. You're doing so well. Thank you for staying on your bed and having a rest time. Mummy really appreciated that. So lots of little things like that. And just but just flicking that rest time earlier in the day might be a significant point of help. Okay. Our next question comes from Sophia. She says, my three and a half month old has decided in the past two weeks that she hates to be swaddled, but she still startles herself awake regularly, especially during her daytime sleeps. It seems like it happens just as she begins to fall into a deep sleep. So unless I hold her in my arms, she just starts startling awake every 15 minutes or so. Is there anything I can do either to get her back into the swaddle or to help her sleep through those time times when she startles herself awake? Yeah, it's a tricky time when they're doing that at a developmental stage. What you can try is when you're putting baby into their sleep space to actually hold both their hands together and as they start to drift off to sleep, slowly position them in the cot or in the in their sleep space so that they're not going to startle themselves but it's just as they're going off and relaxing to go off to sleep that often you know that startle reaction happens yeah wow that's crazy so you're putting you're you're helping them to put their hands somewhere where they're not gonna yeah oh wow Uh, we have a question from Avni. This might be our last one, Leonie, um, that we've got time for. It says, hi there. I'm hoping you can help me with my almost four-year-old who bites her nails. It has become a constant habit whenever she has nothing to do with her hands. And she doesn't even notice she's doing it until she's bitten them down so far. It hurts. She mm-hmm. has made her fingers bleed before, but this hasn't deterred her. I'm quite, I've quite often had to place on a band-aid to let them heal but she just chooses another fingernail to chew I'm not sure why she does it and she doesn't seem like an overly anxious child though we do still have the occasional tantrum to deal with when she doesn't get her way it just seems to be something she does when her brain is on autopilot do you have any advice to help break the habit yeah, you can probably find some um, bitter nail polish that's clear that you can paint the child's nails with and um, and that will hopefully deter from the taste of it. And I've heard some other parents, you know, dip their children's fingers in mustard or something oh really ghastly flavour that children don't like. But I would probably look for the bitter nail polish and, and see how that goes. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's uncommon. I remember growing up with kids that bit their nails. Mm. I yeah. probably bite my nails now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can think of a worse habit, so that's not too bad. Yes, true. <laughs> that's a good point. Well, Leonie, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. And uh, if you didn't get to ask your question, Leonie is one of our experts on the babyology website, The Parent School, which is an online portal where you can book in a one-on-one chat and you can talk to Leonie. Leonie is up there. Um, Make sure you check out the website. We'll put links in the notes of this episode and below this Facebook live. And uh, we will have a expert. um, We will be back with Helpline next week. So Leonie, thank you so much for your help today. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Bye-bye. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me. Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.